their song certainly shows some of the roller coaster effects of the crucifixion and the resurrection. The low lows and the high highs. Now, there's lots of reasons not to smile today. Uh, we look around and we, we try to, uh, uh, the things we notice the most are the things that the news is throwing out there for us. We look at the 90,000 people that are on a cruise ship right now, and they're not living it up. Uh, they're just hoping to live and get back home again. And uh, a reason why not to smile, or the thousands that are in other countries waiting to get back to the United States, waiting to get back home to be with their loved ones. And so uh, lots of things to not smile about. Uh, maybe it's your retirement fund, and you're not smiling about that at all right now. Maybe it's uh, wondering when you can get back to work. Or maybe wondering if you will have work. Or maybe you're wondering if you will be able to keep your business. Maybe you're wondering uh, how you're going to continue homeschooling your kids. You know, just wondering what, uh, by now, the, your kids are probably thinking the teacher they have is starting to annoy them. And they're missing their teacher. And uh, they're disappointed in the one that they have now. And maybe they're disappointed uh, that uh, they're eating groceries now and not Happy Meals. Might be some of the things that might cause some disappointment or discouragement in our lives. Rachel Nordman passed on a story. I'm going to use it for you uh, that are watching, especially you, you kids. I want you to look around for find five things that are red. Five things. Maybe it's your dad's pajamas. And uh, so identify those or, you know, five, pick out five things. Looking around, go ahead, pick out five things. Okay, you probably found five things, whether it's in your bedroom where you're watching this or in the living room where you're watching this or in the kitchen, you've probably been able to find five things. Now I want, without you looking, to tell me five yellow things that you saw. You'll say, that's not fair. You didn't tell us to look for yellow things. The, the object of the story is to point out that when we're looking for something, we miss seeing everything else. When we're looking for the discouraging things, we miss seeing the encouraging things. And this morning is an encouraging Sunday. This is, I want us to smile. This is Resurrection Sunday. And so uh, I, I was talking to Carol Thiesing this week, and Carol is, carry, carries around a little miracle book. Uh, it's kind of a journal. Uh, I, I, I would call it, and I have had one, a blessing journal. Cindy does this with writing down all the blessings that, that she uh, can think of. And, and for Carol, she has, writes down all the miracles that God is revealing to her, and she's busy looking for these miracles. She doesn't see all the things that could cause some discouragement. One of her entries was uh, one day last week, uh, over 500 robins lit in her yard. Now, her yard is, is very large, but, and they sang to her for about two hours. And she was just rejoicing. Look what God did for me, sending these uh, robins to come and sing for me. Now, 
Look for the good. What makes you smile? God wants us to smile. What makes you smile? I got here to church this morning, and somebody handed me this for my birthday. That makes me smile. You know, a Hershey's chocolate bar. Uh, now, I, I can't handle many. Don't, don't you give me any Hershey candy bars. I, my, my figure, girlish figure, cannot handle uh, another one. I will enjoy this one. But that makes me smile. Or what makes me smile? What makes me smile is that tomorrow, Ben and Rachel, our Ben and Rachel, will be having their second child, Claire, a little baby girl. So that makes me smile. What makes me smile is right now we get to have uh, baby Grant in our house, along with his two older sisters and mom and dad, but Grant is just learning to walk. And we're in on it. We get to be there. Now, it makes me smile. He, he learns to walk. He walks kind of like a zombie. You know, he's got his arms out like that, and he will get running, and, and he'll see Papa, and he'll start towards me, and he'll have his hands up and a big smile on his face, and I'll have a bigger smile on my face, and he charges towards me to trying to keep up, and he gets almost to me, and then he turns and goes to Gaga. That doesn't make me smile. I still smile. Uh, because of watching a, a child as he learns. They, those things make me smile. But when we smile during difficult times, it's even better. It should be the greatest tool that we have as believers to share Jesus Christ with those around us. should be our smile or our countenance. And for, for me, it's a little more difficult to smile uh, my, my mouth, go, the older I get, my mouth droops down, and, and so it's tough. It's harder for me to smile, but I have to make an effort. Put a smile on my face. Let people see that, that there's a joy. And why is there joy? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there was no resurrection, we would be of all men most miserable, Paul says. This is, should put a smile on our face. Now, if you catch COVID-19, smile. If you die from it, smile. If you die from your cancer, smile. If you lose your job, smile. Why? Why? Because of what we have because of the resurrection. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. So dads or, or mate, mom, take your Bible, turn there. Kids, if you're old enough, take your Bible and turn there. Your mom and dad will help you find it towards the end of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 1, because in this, a few verses here, uh, Peter points out three reasons to smile, and they all revolve around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We could not smile at all except for Christ's resurrection, and Peter wants us to know that, and so he's going to stress that. A number of times he stresses it through that first chapter. Peter wrote First Peter, because they were going through difficult times. They were being persecuted beyond anything that we can imagine. And yet they were supposed to smile through it all. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So why should we smile? I'm going to start with verse 3. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What is he saying here? What does Peter want us to know? 
he, he says, we have been begotten. Well, what does that mean today? And if you, if you think back at when you tried to read through the Bible, you, know, you see that, that Adam and Eve begat Cain and Abel and, and Seth and then a zillion other kids uh, in their 900 years together. Uh, they begat kids. Abraham and Sarah begat Isaac, and Isaac and Rebekah begat Jacob and Esau, and Dave and Cindy begat uh, Heather and Nate and Seth and Amanda and Ben. So what is it talking about there? It's talking about, it's family talk is what it is, that they had these kids. They, they have a, a family here. And so what qualifies us? It says, we have been begotten. According to his abundant mercy, he hath begotten us. He has called us into his family because of his abundant mercy. What qualifies us to be part of the family? Our looks. Well, there are some pretty homely babies. Our babies in our family have always been beautiful, but... You know, some of your babies, when they were little, probably not too good looking. Or maybe, uh, maybe they're of talents and abilities. Well, I know our, our babies never were talented. Uh, they could belch and throw up and toot, but that's about it. And uh, it wasn't because of their personalities, because our babies were uh, screamers and criers, and, and they were self-centered. Ah. Oh. Uh, everything had to be done for them, and so it, it, that didn't qualify them to be in our family. What qualifies us to be in God's family? Anything we can do? Uh, our kids as babies couldn't do anything. They couldn't help me chop wood. They couldn't help me uh, do chores. They couldn't do anything. We are the same way in God's family. What qualifies us to be part? of God's family. He be, it says, because or according to his abundant mercy, he hath begotten us. Nothing that we could do. There is no way we could be part of God's family apart from what God does or what Jesus Christ, uh, revealing his abundant mercy when he get, went to the cross. Now, what does mercy mean? It means withholding the things that we deserve. Well, what do we deserve? We deserve judgment uh, because we are sinners. There's no good. No, not one. We are all lost. And the wage of that sin is death, judgment. And so apart from God's abundant mercy, we would be judged in a literal hell that was created for Satan and his angels. And yet that would be our destiny apart from God's abundant mercy to us. Abundant mercy. Now, just his mercy uh, could save us, but it's not just his mercy. It's his uh, over the banks, uh, flowing over the rim of the cup, flowing over the banks. Uh, his mercy is so great that it can forgive and pardon the worst of sinners. Now, I've had uh, some people tell me that, well, I'm too much of a sinner. I, God would not be able to forgive me for what I've done. Well, here it says it's a, an abundant mercy that will take over. He can forgive all of our sins, not just the few of our sins. 
So, and it gives us a living hope, lively hope, it says here, a living hope. That means it gives us a future. Everything about hope is the future, right? Now, it can be a certain future in Christ. It is certain to happen because he keeps every promise. But it is looking towards the future, a living hope. A hope is, well, I, I hope that they show up in, in five minutes. So that's out in the future, five minutes. I hope that uh, we get the, the uh, stimulus package or we get uh, some help through this time uh, of troubles that we're going through. I hope that the Lord will come back. You know, that is soon. I hope that the Lord comes back today. What a great uh, hope uh, that I have there. And I hope you feel the same way. I, I hope that it will happen soon. It's a living future. What guarantees that we are part of a great family? That's what he's promised here. We can smile because we're part of a great family. What guarantee do we have? The last part of verse 3. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What says we can be part of this great family? Christ's resurrection. If he had not been resurrected, he had not come forth from the grave, if he is not alive today, there would be no hope for that great family. Um, I know that many of you will not be able to have your families, or at least not a lot of your family, at your Easter celebration or resurrection celebration today. But even if they can't make it, God is there, and you're part of a great family. And we're not able to gather here as a church family today. But uh, still, we can gather. We, we can look forward to the greater uh, family reunion in the future. Now, someday, we will gather together in glory with Jesus Christ, and we can celebrate for all eternity. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The last part of that verse. A great family reunion someplace, sometime in glory. The second reason that we can smile is you're prom promised a great inheritance. A great inheritance. Now, usually with an inheritance, there will come some sorrow. Because somebody has to die for an inheritance to be passed on. It is theirs until they die, and then they pass it on. And so with, with inheritances, there is sorrow. Celebrating or going through this last week, and maybe, maybe you read through the crucifixion story, and, and you shed tears because of what Jesus Christ went through for, for you and for, for all of us. And he went through that, and then we see him die. And we sorrow because he, he died. But we rejoice today because he's alive. But Jesus had to die in order to pass on his inheritance. Look at verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible or without decay and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. So we can smile because we have a great family. We can smile because we have a great inheritance. And it's great because it can't decay or be defiled, or disappear. It's reserved for us in heaven. Uh, 
So we did have to lose somebody that we love, and that was Jesus. That's why we shed our tears through this week. But the inheritance does not just happen to ease our financial situation that we might be in today. This is a heavenly inheritance. Uh, It's not affected by the stock market. Aren't you thankful for that? It's not affected by the economy or its availability or by some disaster that might wipe it out. It's reserved for us. There's no canceled reservation here. It is reserved for us in glory. Do you know anything or do you have anything else with that guarantee? Uh, Nothing. Your job isn't a guarantee. You certainly realize that by now. I do. Your health is no guarantee. The older you get, you recognize that. Your house is no guarantee. It can fall down or a tornado can come. Your retirement is no guarantee. Your social security that last part of it, security, uh, not, not much, not. Uh, no guarantees. But we have a guarantee here of an inheritance incorruptible reserved for us, guaranteed for us in heaven. I can just imagine Paul when he's preaching in Philippi and he's preaching and this, this uh, girl that is demon-possessed that follows him around all day long as he's trying to preach and reach the community and uh, crying out and causing a disturbance, a disruption, Paul finally turns to this girl and says, uh, I want the demon to come out of you. And the demon comes out and she, she's uh, normal. She's in her right mind. And the men that have been using her, abusing her, are angry because their source of funds is dried up. And so they, they beat Paul and, and beat him up, and then they take him to a jail, and they whip him, and they beat him there, and Paul and Silas together, and, and they throw him into prison, and the, the rough uh, guard there uh, takes him, and, and his back is just beaten to a pulp, the two of them, and they lay him and toss him down on their back on that hard, hard prison floor, and they pick their uh, feet up and put him into shackles, and and now, so they have to force to lay on their beaten backs. And, uh, and the guard looks at Paul and says, wipe that smile off your face. You think this is a joke? Do you enjoy the beating? Do you enjoy the rats? Do you enjoy the, the, the food? Do you enjoy this? This is no joke. Wipe that smile off your face. And Paul says, no, sir. I don't enjoy these things. But I do enjoy the promise I have of an inheritance in heaven. So this is nothing. And it's because he arose. Christ arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. So we smile because we have a great family. And we can smile because we have a great inheritance. And we can smile because there we see that we have great protection. We go to that next verse. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are kept by the power of God. And the power of God is great. We've got a great protector 
so we can smile. He's not just protecting our inheritance, though he is. Nothing can get to our inheritance there. Uh, he's a living guard. He's, uh, because he arose, because of the resurrection, he's alert and he is there and he is guarding. The creator of the universe is guarding our inheritance. He never falls asleep. Nothing catches him by surprise, not, not even COVID-19. You know, we, uh, we cry out to, to God and, and we cried out to, to God when Seth and and uh, Crystal and the kids were in China, and they just had adopted uh, Meow, or Mia, they're calling her, had just adopted her there on the 24th of December, and they wouldn't let them take Mia back to Spain. And so we begged her. We had everybody praying for uh, that help, Lord, please help Seth and Crystal be able to get uh, Meow back to Spain. And it just wasn't happening. What's the matter, God? Why? Why won't you get them back to Spain? Finally, the authorities there at the American consulate said, uh, told Seth, you just need to take Mia, Meow, and take her to the United States. Just get her out of China. And so that's what they did. Ah, the turmoil of everything with Crystal having to take the other two kids, a baby, Grant, and a Tanzan, and fly around the world and finally get back to Spain. And then Seth coming here with Meow and, and saying, why, you've, got, you've separated the family, and, and then finally getting Crystal and the kids here. Why, Lord? Why? And now we see. We look back on it. We say, thank you, God, that you didn't answer our prayer. Because they're in Spain. That was when it, it broke out and they were just quarantined and still are, I believe. And they can't even, only one can go out and, and no yard to play in and no trail to ride the bike on and, and no uh, uh, fellowship uh, besides the, that immediate family. Nothing there. So we look back and we say, thank you, God, for protecting them and bringing them here until they can get back to their ministry there in Spain. And uh, Seth is ministering to them right uh, through the computer, same way he'd have to do if he was there in Spain. Bible studies online. And so we say, thank you, Lord, for protecting us. Thank you, God. He's not only protecting our inheritance, he's protecting our souls. Because it's our souls that live for eternity. We'll get new bodies, glorified bodies, but our soul will live for eternity. It has a beginning, but it doesn't have an end. And so uh, he is protecting our soul. Verse 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So he protects our souls. Because of the resurrection, you know, he cannot lose it. He's the greatest protector. He cannot lose. If, he, if I had to keep my soul, I would lose it. I mean, I lose everything else. Where are my keys? Where are my glasses? Where's my phone? This morning I came to church. Where are my notes? I had to go back home to get them. I, you know, I lose everything. Jesus loses nothing. Here, uh, because of the resurrection, we can smile. 
Verse 8 here says, Rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. What a great verse. We can only do that, though, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We smile because we have a great family. We smile because we have a great inheritance. We smile because we have a great protector because he lives, because he arose. Uh, Cindy's cousin, Trudy Harper, and many of you know her. They've been here, Trudy and Rich. And Rich was the principal there at the school down in Minneapolis when we were down there. And so we grew up together. Our kids grew up together. And one of their son, their, their son uh, they adopted him when he was a little baby, and we got to watch him grow up. He's a, a pastor, assistant pastor out in, on East. Well, Trudy has lived a life of illness, uh, amputations, wheelchairs, all of that, always a smile on her face. We knew she was not going to live very long, and so before this year before we went down to Mexico, we stopped in to see her and uh, said our goodbyes, realizing that would probably be it. Well, this last couple weeks, uh, two weeks ago, I believe, uh, Trudy went to be with her Lord. And her son, Matt, wrote this as a tribute, and it came this morning. And it has much to do with the message this morning. This is what he writes. If there's anything good that I am today, or that my life has accomplished, in many ways it's because of mom's influence. If God were to somehow allow me to go back in time and choose the mother who would adopt me, I would choose mom every time. Possibly the greatest lesson her life leaves for me is her example of perseverance that can only be explained by God's grace. The majority of mom's life was defined by hardships deeper than most will know. Her heavenly father gifted her with the call of suffering, and now she basks in a reward that is greater than most will ever know. I can picture her falling in joyful worship at her Savior's feet right now, then embracing her own mom and dad and Jack and Lilas, that's our Jack and Lilas here in our church family, embracing them because they're in heaven now, and others, then bounding to the edge of heaven, looking down with her face beaming and calling out to us, Israel, it's all really real. He is real. And it's all better than you could even hope to be true. And it's worth it. It's all worth it. One of the strongest memories I have with mom was coming home from college for summer break. I could see how much her health had declined over the semester since I left. I fa finally had to ask, Mom, I don't under understand how you can do it. With all your suffering, how can you stay so joyful? She smiled with tears. Oh, Matt. My troubles on earth are nothing compared to what heaven will be someday with Jesus. Then Matt says, I remember my own eyes filling with tears as we hugged and she held me. Later that day, I noticed one of the many scripture verses she had posted around the house. This one was on the refrigerator, and I believe it sums up her life. And this is what it was, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Trudy knows what the resurrection means. Thank you, Father, for raising your son, Jesus, from the grave. Let's pray. Father, I cannot wait until the day I get to join Trudy to be with you in glory, to feel your arms around me, to experience what it is to be resurrected from the dead, resurrected from a corruptible life to life incorruptible. Lord, I pray that I may, might be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord while I am here because we know that your resurrection has provided so much for us. And with your eyes closed, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you trusted him to forgive you of your sin, to save you? If you have, he's welcomed you into his family, and you can smile. If you have, you have a great inheritance that he will protect for you in glory. Resurrection Sunday should be the greatest Sunday of your life. It represents the greatest event that symbolizes that God the Father was satisfied with the sacrifice. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was finished. The price for your sin had been paid. If you have not trusted Christ to save you, please do it now. And this will be the greatest day of your life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.